And getting up bright and early, trying to get the coffee on, Illinois House Republican Leader Tony McCombie. Good morning. Good morning. I'm, I'm so excited for this weather. What, the, the roller coaster part? No, the warm. And was it going to be 70 tomorrow? Yeah, but 35 on Wednesday. That's okay. It just gives you a little reprieve, you know? <laughs> I guess that's why we appreciate it when it's a warm day, but... <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's right. That's right. We can't keep this going forever, my goodness. So, Well, we... <laughs> I, you should take a poll with your listeners and see whether or not they think we're going to have snow and how much snow they think uh, we're going to get. Yeah. You know it's coming, Tom. Well, you know, I, I always I always think um, we haven't gotten through the second week of April, and anything can happen between now and then. Oh, absolutely. I remember several years ago on St. Patty's Day, a bunch of us went on the river. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, there's been uh, snow then, and there's been snow for Easter, so we might, we'll see. We'll see what it does. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> so... Uh, how have you been to, uh, since we uh, last chatted last month? It's good. You know, we've been in, we've been to Springfield. We uh, have had the budget address, and you know, when we come home, uh, you you plan your week accordingly. Uh, we'll be now <clears throat> now that after the budget address, excuse me, <clears throat> we're there more often, which is never a good thing for taxpayers. Uh, and the budget address was certainly <clears throat> excuse me. Um, did not uh, disappoint, but uh, we'll be in um, supposedly uh, three different weeks in March, but I anticipate uh, with the primary, we will not, they'll probably cancel. Um, there's a lot of, there's more, I would say, Dem primaries than there are uh, Republican primaries, and they're in charge of the of the calendar, so um, they can make sure that their people are out and about walking doors. Well, yeah. So, yeah. I'm glad to be home. Yeah, I bet, bet you are. Yeah, it's always good yeah. you, know, you get a break once in a while. So let's see, uh, we, uh, Governor gave his budget address uh, last <laughs> week, and uh, uh, what do you think about it? Uh, it's got some good points, but um, also it's got some sour notes in it. Yeah, for sure, and, and that's typical. And, and just to remind you know everybody that's listening and that hears this, you know, even when we're talking about it, um, and, and I try to always put it on my page as well, you know, this is a proposal. Uh, the, the problem is, is uh, typically, regardless of politics, the governor's proposal is oftentimes uh, more conservative than what actually ends up happening in May. So it kind of gives you an indicator on, on the direction it's going. And in this particular one, and I've said it every year, and I wish I didn't have to, but this is, again, the biggest budget I've ever voted on. Uh, it is $52.7 billion. Uh, two things in there that uh, Republicans certainly support, and that is uh, fully funding education and um, paying this year's pension bill, because uh, those things weren't done in the past, and it kind of put us, you know, in a, a, a bad situation for years that we're still trying to clean up. But uh, it, a couple things, when we had our leaders meeting with the governor, uh, during that meeting, he made no mention of any sort of tax increases or new programs. Uh, and said it was going to be 1.9% increase. Actually, it was a 4.5 increase, 2.6 billion more than last year. It did have uh, 910 million in tax increases on families 
businesses and job creators. And that's a combination of different ways. So when I say tax increase, people think, oh, is my income tax going to go up? Is my sales tax going to go up? These are these are not those kind of tax increases. That they're, they're really going to hit you at tax time more so. Um, and uh, the probably the most egregious piece of it is, uh, which the governor said a week ago before the budget address, another $182 million for um, the asylum seekers, migrants uh, that are coming to our, um, our state from uh, the border. But we're not talking about the real number, and I think that's really important. Uh, for the budget, uh, fiscal budget of uh, 23, 24, and 25, which is what we're talking about now, it'll be um, 2.8 billion with a B dollars for um, that's the health care for undocumented immigrants that are here and the 800 million for the migrants. So um, there's no solution or stop to that that program. So that's a problem for I think most Illinoisans. Uh, you know, number one, secure the border, which we've already talked about, but we have to put a, a moratorium um, on us being a sanctuary state. I asked the governor point blank, um, will we be seeing any sort of moratorium? And he said, no, but feel free to write a letter to the governor um, of Texas to have it stopped. And that, that that's not the issue. The governor of Texas, as well as other border states, you know, are put into this situation um, because of the administration's policies, and uh, they have no choice. So um, other things that were in the budget that were really good that's working, uh, which is which is great. Uh, the governor started his Smart Start program last year. It's a three-year program. We're going to go into it a second year because it's working, and that's good. Um, he, he mentioned during his address that uh, our children are our most important um, um, I don't know if you use the word asset, but certainly attribute uh, in Illinois, and we agree. Uh, so there are some things we can work on, but uh, I'm, I'm nervous about the $910 million in tax increases. Uh, one of them, um, which sounds great uh, on the front end, was them stopping the grocery tax. And to explain how the grocery tax works, which I, I'm like, cool, that's great, but Coming from local government, uh, that tax is collected by the state, and um, but it's given to uh, the municipalities and villages. Last year, during election cycle, he waived the gas or the grocery tax, but he reimbursed the city for the cities and villages for their loss. This is not going to happen. Um, so he's taking away local control, which is uh, an issue. Now, it, it might sound like I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth because we like tax decreases, right? But um, it's not his to do. If he, if he wants to be legit and he wants to decrease a real state tax, not a local tax, then why not remove the sales tax off of the gas tax? That's a legitimate double tax, uh, and it's the state's revenue. So um, th there's some things in here that were a little concerning and that we hope um, over the next couple months that we can try to, you know, get out of there. Once again, we're on the phone, Illinois House Republican leader, Tony McComb. But, you know, you, you threw out the, uh, <laughs> the budget number there and I'm thinking, okay, we've already had a population decrease. And then we have um, some, um, you know, those seeking asylum coming in who aren't contributing yet. 
And it's like, where does this money come from, and where exactly is it going to go? And, uh, you know, if you probably sat down to read the budget, it would probably take you a week. Yeah, and, and we're still digging into it, uh, you know, with some news stories, depending on, on who the news outlet is or or the advocacy group or, you know, the watchdogs out there. Um, we certainly are digging in and getting some more things um, that we look for Uh this, this though, if you think about, you know, some of the issues in here, for example, uh, mandates that are put on us, and I think about um, the the body camera mandates that are put on uh, police, and and I agree that we should have those uh, as well, but it has to come with some sort of funding source because um, the grants um, that they had last year didn't come in time. Uh, actually, there were some issues at the agency. So they end up redoing um, the Alespi grants, uh, and that's $30 million for in-car cameras, body cameras uh, for our local law enforcement. Uh, it, it'll be a first-come, first-serve, and once it's gone, it's gone, and it'll go fast. Right. You, know, you think about Savannah or small communities, they just have one or two, you know, maybe six cops total. It, it, but we're small uh, potatoes compared to other places. But the the whole thing, policy that we do in Springfield, is the reason population is leaving, but we still have to pay all of the bills that are already here when right. it comes especially to our infrastructure. So it just raises our taxes. Mm. So if we did better policy, um, like I just saw in Iowa, uh, and I sent it over to my leadership team, you know, they are going from a graduated to a flat income tax, and they will mirror Illinois on that. However, um, the Senate came forward with a with a thought that, um, well, why don't we, you know, grow our population and get rid of our income tax in Iowa? So they're looking at that, mm. and that is aggressive, but it will bring people to Iowa. It will, right. and that's where we need to have better policy because changing um, the tax rate to support who's here is is just going to shut the doors. And I and I'm not trying to be a gaslighter, and I'm not trying to be. <laughs> scaring anybody but there's some there's some things that we can do to fix this right. and why my colleagues on the other side of the aisle fight that i don't know mm. well, let's see there is uh, some uh, legislation uh, a couple of pieces that are going through that um, you're happy with and you're going to be backing oh yeah and, and that's that's always the case right so uh we have uh some of the, the ones that i'm talking about that is starting to get some um, play on both sides of the aisle is uh, to um, HB 4119. I'm not sure if we've talked about this one yet or not, Tom, but it pro prohibits elected officials from using political campaign donations to pay for criminal defense. Mm -hmm. Just think about that. You donate to me to get me elected, but I do something bad, get charged, and then defend it with your money. Mm -hmm. uh, it's really a common sense, ethical bill in my opinion um that would be a, a really good bill uh, for us to get passed um another a, a local concern um this was actually filed by uh my colleague in the quad cities uh a democrat colleague greg johnson representative johnson from um the quad cities hb4743 uh he has a, a, a history with department of corrections which is an agency that is a, a, really a nightmare right now and this would establish uh, some workplace safety we had a, 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 a local here from Savannah who worked with him um, who was killed on an on-the-job accident 
and it just here it just puts uh, some more safety measures in place. You know, we hate to legislate those kind of things, right? But if common sense isn't working on the ground, sometimes you have to do that. Um, obviously, uh, Pam Knight still uh, that bill is uh, still out there. Wow. We've passed it in the House once, but we'll continue to push that. Since then, Deidre Stylus has been um, murdered. Uh, different situation, more blatant. Um, killing, uh, but uh, we're watching that court case uh, right now. Um, and then, you know, some other, um, uh, I had a, a nurse, HB 4855, who needed to renew her, her license, and uh, she couldn't pay for $30, a $30 random charge that she wasn't aware of, uh, that uh, she couldn't pay it online. Now that's silly because I'm a realtor and I can pay I can pay my dues online or my not my dues my fees online. Other other licensees can pay their uh, fees online, but for some reason nurses, doctors, a couple others cannot. Mm. All goes through the same agency. So there again, I hate to legislate common sense, but uh, when mm-hmm. I have to walk over and pay this woman thirty dollars so she can go to work the wow. next day. Wow. Um, it's nuts. It's hmm. nuts. So these are just a couple uh, things that I have. And we're oh, but remember, my, Tom, there'll be six thousand bills by the end of the year. Right. <laughs> yeah, of course there will. Of course. Yeah, that's will. a podcast in itself, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, spending a portion of uh, our Monday morning, the last Monday of February, with Illinois House Republican Leader Tony McCombie. Well, you said the operative word, which is where I'm going to next, something new this year, a podcast called Capital Crimes. Tell us more about that, and I hope somebody has seen the uh, offerings that have been out there already. Oh, it's awesome. Um, I put it on, on my Facebook, and, I, and I'll do it again since we're uh, just to make it easier to find. Uh, it's also on my website. Um, it's called Capital Crimes, and we are putting together a series of four, and it's uh, to chronicle stories behind uh, legislation that we brought to the Illinois House. One of those stories is Pam Knight's story, uh, and it talks about the history of how this, how this has happened. Uh, it launched uh, the beginning of February, and uh, it, it really kind of brings to light, you know, the process in, in Springfield, and hopefully, you know, it holds government accountable, and it, and it gives a perspective from the witness and expert's uh, view. It's uh, Dean Abbott. He's what, a member of our staff, and he's got a great radio voice, and he's just really good. I encourage everybody to listen. The um, Obviously, uh, the first episode, which was about Pam's story, is um, important to me, and mm. I, I, I hope everybody can listen to it. But outside of that is uh, another story about, uh, it's called Failing AJ, and that describes how the agency tasked uh, with protecting kids, DCFS, ultimately ended up failing this five-year-old um, little boy and how two lawmakers tried to fix it. And then the next one is called uh, uh, Irreparable Harm. And this is about steps taken by us uh, lawmakers to consider uh, the rights of defendants to protect uh, the well-being of a child victims. Uh, you know, so for example, and that's another one of my bills that's starting to get some play, you know, with the zero cash bail, um, you, you, you have to 
Sorry, that's Molly. You have to sit before. Oh my gosh, this is live. <laughs> now you can't, you can't make this stuff up, Tom. This is what happens. Now I'm gonna go outside. Thankfully, it's not snowing, so you can't hear me. Oh, you can still hear her though. But um, this is, you know, as a victim, you have to sit before um, the defendant and testify, even even during a, bl- uh, a a bond hearing. So we're we have a that's another bill that's starting to get some play too, um, because it's that's just too much. I mean, think about a rape victim or a child. And I know some listeners are like, well, everybody's innocent until you know proven guilty. Yes, that is absolutely true. But can you imagine the harm um, and uh, also the fallout of what's going to happen if that victim did not testify or if a parent didn't report in mm. Illinois when somebody was blatantly um, hurt because they didn't want, they wanted to protect them from further damage of sitting before um, the person who caused that damage. So mm. these are a couple uh, podcasts. Like I said, you can see them on my website, repmacombie.com. And it's just it's just a, a different look that I, I hope everybody enjoys. Wow. So uh, was this a, uh, you know, um, uh, a few heads that got together and, and came up with capital crimes or was it uh, solely yours? Uh, no, I wish I could take I wish I could take it. Okay. I, now, staff knows that I like a good podcast. Um, so maybe that was part of the idea, but Dean's done a couple others as well, um, that I'll, I'll just put on my, on my Facebook too, uh, over the years and, and they're really interesting. So, um, if, you know, if you get some windshield time and you want to listen, these are some, you know, some good sources. Everybody's looking for a new podcast. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks for jumping into that game. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. For sure. All right. Uh, I know you've got a uh, busy schedule coming up here uh, real shortly. So uh, anything else we need to know or um, everything good? Everything's good. Uh, like I said, we're home this week. We're working in the district. Uh, and then we go back next week. And, uh, you know, obviously uh, vote by mail is available now or mm-hmm. early vote, however you feel comfortable doing so. Um, and, you know, research your candidates and get out there and vote. I've already done it. Um, but uh, I understand the confusion. That's for sure. I had, I had a, you know, for president, there was Chris Christie was still on there and DeSantis was still on there and some Ryan dude, I didn't even hear of him before he was on there. So, I mean, you you have to be educated and know what's happening. You know, some people might, might've thought when I voted, you know, that first day, uh, that DeSantis was still on and Chris Christie was still on and they weren't. Um, so you know, you have to do your research. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Re- yeah, and you got a big Senate race in your district. <clears throat> uh, yes, we do. You got a three. You got a three-way primary, so it's important that everybody get out and vote there. Yeah, thirty-seventh Senate district. Yeah, do your homework. <laughs> do your homework. That's right. That's right. And vote. Absolutely, everybody will. Well, Tony, thank you for your time this morning, and uh, we're going to let you get going and uh, get uh, jumped into your Monday. All right, great. Thanks, Tom. Take care. Thank you. You as well.